0: ultimate college football preview 2022
1: presented by odyssey and the
0: locked on podcast network yeah the wisconsin badgers can absolutely win the west and get a shot at ohio
2: state i
3: don't think that offense that michigan put together last year is good enough to beat the buckeyes twice at this point
2: welcome to another episode of the ultimate college football preview 2022 presented by odyssey and the locked on podcast network this seven episode series will take you through all the power five conferences the national championship conversation and the players you need to know across the Heisman and NFL draft landscape. Each episode will feature our Locked On local experts who cover each of the biggest teams throughout college football every single Monday through Friday. We'll also be joined by betting expert Lee Sterling of Locked On Best to help you set the edge and rake in the cash this college football season. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, host of the daily Locked On Auburn podcast. But for this series, I will be your guide as we talk with over 30 different experts to get you ready for the season ahead. Today, if it's not the SEC hoisting the National Championship trophy, many believe it will be a team from the Big Ten. Will it be the Ohio State Buckeyes? Or what about the Michigan Wolverines? Or will it be another Big Ten team to shock the world and take the conference away from the big guys? We're starting our Big Ten breakdown with conference favorites. Conference favorites. As we talk Big 10 favorites, we're joined by Nate Dickinson, host of Locked On Big 10, Jay Stevens, host of Locked On Buckeyes, and Isaiah Hole, Locked On Wolverines. Jay Stevens, there is so much energy and so many high expectations about these Ohio State Buckeyes. Why is that? Is it all on the quarterback? Is it the entire roster? Give us a breakdown. There are a few reasons why. There are
4: expectations that are high and there's a lot of buzz around the football team. Ryan Day is a coach that has built up a reputation of doing phenomenal things during his early tenure as head coach at Ohio State. The Buckeyes have a Heisman front runner, Heisman favorite right now, and CJ Stroud. There are a couple other guys who might be in the top 10 favorites in the country. And Treviat Henderson, the running back, and Jackson Smith and Jigba, the receiver. You also have a new defensive coordinator who is listed as the head coach of the defense in Jim Knowles. And so a lot of things go into that. And so, yeah, there's a lot of expectations. And so the Buckeyes are expected to do big things. The standard is high, but they have to capitalize to me on what the expectations are. And really the talent that is in Columbus, we saw what happened a year ago. Nobody wants that to happen again. So the expectations are high. And it sure seems like the Buckeyes might be able to do some special things in 2022.
2: Yeah. And, what you're referring to, Jay, Isaiah Hole, host of Locked On Wolverines, Michigan upset the Buckeyes. Can they continue that or they lost too much or there's been too much change among the coaching staff? Can they repeat what they did a season ago?
5: Well, according to the Buckeye fans that are constantly in my mentions on YouTube and Twitter and all of that stuff, there's no chance Michigan will repeat it because you know, apparently Ohio State all had a had a team full of freshmen. Michigan had... 8th year seniors led by Aiden Hutchinson, who had the best season that anyone has ever had in football. Uh, but I regret to inform them that a very large portion of this Michigan team does come back. Uh, it returns the majority of the offense. And it, it's kind of funny because you sit there and look and you say, well, they lost three starters. But in a way, they're only down one uh, when it comes to starters. Trent A. Jones, the likely right tackle, but they brought in as the new guy. But then they bring in Oluwatimi. Oluwatimi actually told us how to pronounce that yesterday. Uh, They bring him in. He's a Remington Ward finalist at center. Uh, And then uh, Blake Corum was starting for half the year at running back before he was injured. And then Hassan Haskins really took over and really wowed everybody. But Blake Corum was in the early Heisman conversation. The big question for Michigan is on the defensive side of the ball because, yes, they did lose Aiden Hutchinson and David Ajabo. But at the same time, when you look at that sack production, which everyone's so concerned, more so nationally than locally, that was the second worst sack production that Michigan has had in the Jim Harbaugh era. So they feel really good about their ability to, as Jim Harbaugh has said, have a defense that actually outperforms last year. So you're looking at an offense that has the promise of being more explosive. It was one of the more explosive offenses in the country by season's end. And then you have a defense that they think is still going to be able to get things done. And then the schedule is really very easy, at least front-loaded uh, with easy games. Uh, but then again, the, the big question comes to, will Michigan be able to go to Columbus in late uh, late November and be able to take down the Buckeyes? That's, no one, I don't think, really knows that answer for sure.
2: Nate Dickinson, host of Locked On Big Ten. When you look at the potential conference champion, is it Michigan or Ohio State, or could somebody else like a Michigan State creep in there?
3: I think those two schools have to be pretty far and away the favorites as things stand right now. Ohio State, I think, is – maybe I am one of the haters in your mentions, Isaiah, but I think they are just a lot better than what everybody else is in the Big Ten Further, to a further extent than maybe what it was even last year going in and looking what it was. I mean, Michigan has the – again – question on defense. I don't think it'll be a huge step back, but if that's really what it is, but when you match that with what you're probably going to have to do on offense against Ohio State, for me it's more like I'm looking at I don't think that offense that Michigan put together last year is good enough to beat the Buckeyes twice at this point. As far as anybody else, uh, Michigan State's probably next on the list and I put those three East teams to go to the cha- or to go to the college football playoff get that Big 10 bid. Before anybody in the West.
2: Jay Stevens, host of Locked On Buckeyes. I think um, I, I think a theme probably throughout today's show is going to be quarterbacks throughout the Big Ten. And it's CJ Stroud at the top. And then it seems like there's a massive drop off. I mean, how much of an advantage does that give the Buckeyes?
4: It's a major advantage. It's one of those things that's a huge luxury for the Buckeyes where you have a quarterback that has progressed like Stroud and you have him working so well and doing so well in fall camp and all season practices that the defensive coordinator, Jim Knowles, recently praised Stroud for how he has really conducted himself and how he has gone to Knowles, the defensive coordinator, to learn more about the other side of the ball so Stroud can learn no more what's going to happen pre-snap so that post-snap he can pick apart opposing defenses. So Stroud is one of those guys that he's trying to really be a sponge and soak everything in from coaches on both sides of the ball. And if he starts to use his legs more, which I believe he needs to do a whole lot more, made a comment last year about how he's a quarterback. His job is to throw the ball, not run. I say, okay, cool. Throw the ball a lot. Use your legs a little bit. Utilize your entire body to move the ball down the field. If If he runs the ball a little bit more, I think Stroud can really be just that quarterback that everybody looks back 10, 50 years and still marvels about the season he had in 2022
2: at Ohio State. Isaiah, our Michigan expert, do, do you buy that? Do you buy Stroud than everybody else? I, I, I wouldn't say
5: Stroud and then everybody else, and I'm, I'm actually not going to go a Michigan route with this. Uh, I, I, while I do think Michigan has a, a much better quarterback situation than people give them credit for, Okay. Uh, I I look at Tua, Talia Tal uh, I almost said Tua Talia Tagovailoa in Maryland. I think they're going to surprise a lot of people just because he he statistically uh, was neck and neck with Stroud for a good part of the season, and he was doing it with no receivers because a ninety five percent of Maryland's team was injured by the year's end. Right? It was it was Talia throwing to himself because that was what he had to do. Uh, so I think that he. He's honestly very much in the conversation as far as high-end uh, quarterbacks. Uh, I, I am curious to see what Ohio State's uh, cadre of receivers will look like, especially because you don't have uh, just – you have a lot of unbridled talent, but not a lot of experienced talent. Uh, obviously, Jackson Smith and Jigba, I mean, I think he's probably the best receiver in the country. Sure. Uh, but uh, – and we saw some really good things from Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, still kind of waiting for Julian Fleming to, to break out. Uh, Mecca, Buka, that I obviously think is going to be really good. But I've seen personally in Ann Arbor when in times when it's like, oh, man, look at this group of wide receivers. Look how good they are. Tariq Black, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Oliver Martin, and uh, Nico Collins. And really, Nico Collins was the only one that was like a true breakout, even though yep. you, you had other – You know, two five-star type guys in that list. So I'm curious to see how that all works when he doesn't have established, proven talent in uh, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson.
2: Nate Dickinson, host of of Locked On Big Ten. Go ahead, man. Uh, I wanted to touch,
3: while you were mentioning quarterbacks before, I think it's one of the most interesting storylines conference-wise going into the season. Big Ten has all 14 head coaches back. Just about every contender out there has its quarterback back as well. And just about all of them in those spots at least trust their quarterbacks enough to be like the game managers right now, at least I believe. I mean, you're talking talk of about at Maryland, Peyton Thorne, two quarterbacks at Michigan, uh, obviously Ohio State. On the west side, you have Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa, all bringing back their quarterbacks. It's really, I think, interesting just seeing what it's going to look like with everybody kind of trusting running it back.
2: Nate, give us the top three quarterbacks in the Big Ten. Who you got?
3: That's a good question. Um I've been big throughout the offseason, and I think Aiden O'Connell can be number two. Okay. I'm a big Purdue fan in the West side. I don't know if Purdue, if him alone makes Purdue good enough to win that West, but I, I think Purdue can be a candidate to be a really good breakout team. Jeff Brom, I think's proven himself to be the kind of guy that can go and build a team to an extent where if he's really good – he can carry them to that next kind of level. Right. So then you have Stroud at one, AJ or AJ, Adrian O'Connell at two Adrian, his name at two. And then also uh, at three. It's up in the air, and that's one of the biggest stories too. It's it could be Sean Clifford. Yeah. It could be Peyton Thorne. I, I'd love to hear from Isaiah on what he thinks is gonna happen with the two quarterbacks at Michigan. Is Jim Harbaugh just gonna run that back and do
5: the same thing over again? Uh, well, it's, it's talking about Cade uh, McNamara and J.J. McCarthy in fall camp here. It, 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 it's really kind of unknown exactly how this is going to go, if it's going to be Cade McNamara as the starter and J.J. coming in for specific uh, plays. J.J. McCarthy, you have to understand, was out for the entirety of spring ball uh, due to a shoulder issue. Didn't have to have surgery, but he did miss all of that, finally came back in fall camp. Most Michigan fans kind of thought that he was just going to come in and take the quarterback job at that point. But Cade McNamara, now that he's under competition, you know, it's not a safe quarterback job for him. It's really taking things to the next level. I mean, if you look at what Big Ten Network was saying, Dave Revson was not only after immediately after Michigan's practice, but he's gone back on Big Ten Network multiple times since and said, listen, the ball did not hit the ground when he was out there, uh, that he has just really elevated his game. So it sounds right now from from that and insider speak that uh, it's going to be Cade McNamara at least to start the season. There will be a heavy dose of J.J. McCarthy, but he's so talented, and I think it's one of those things that people people kind of discount the fact that Michigan has that five-star waiting in the wings because Cade McNamara got the start last year, probably get it again this year. But they have an extremely talented quarterback that can go and win a game with his arm theoretically. So it'll be interesting to just see how it plays out. Like, like I said earlier, the non-conference schedule allows them some ability to tinker a bit.
2: Jay Stevens, host of Locked On, Buckeyes. If the Buckeyes underachieve this year, what do you think causes that to happen?
4: Well, that's an easy one. They have to win the battle in the trenches. I mean, Isaiah remembers a the game the, week, the Saturday after Thanksgiving where the Wolverines literally just bullied the Buckeyes really on both sides of the ball. And you go back to the Oregon game, that loss. The Buckeyes made some bad plays in the interior and lost the game. There were other games throughout the year where the battle in the trenches, offensively and defensively, was really embarrassing and poor. And so you have to win the battle in the trenches. Two new guys at guard, two new starters at guard. And you have Paris Johnson Jr. moving out to left tackle, which is probably his most natural position, but he's new there. You have to win that battle. On the defensive side of the ball, probably going to get a lot of youth players, younger players playing. Not just on a D tackle but D tackle in the end. So you have to win that battle. If they don't, it will probably be a repeat of what happened last year in Ann Arbor. A repeat of not making the playoff once again. And then we're asking some really serious, tough questions. Having some weird conversations about Ryan Day and why is his team, why are his teams not tough? Why is it that he's losing the battle in the trenches? And we don't want to have those conversations. But I have no problem having them if the Buckeyes don't win the battle in the trenches in 2022.
2: Isaiah Hull, same question about the Wolverines. If they underachieve, what causes that to happen this season?
5: Uh well, it's probably. I don't think they're going to have an issue in the trenches per se. Uh, I think that they're pretty solid on on both lines, but I, I would imagine that it's uh, what's happening on the uh, on the boundaries uh, on either end, right? Like, I, I think that uh, there's a lot of questions. I think when you look on, at the defense and though there is D.J. Turner as the uh, the one returning cornerback. You have another returning cornerback, but who's been somewhat inconsistent in Jamon Green. You've got two new safeties. Uh, so that could pose some issues if, if they come up against teams that are really going to throw against them. And they, uh, I think when you look on the other side, it's kind of an embarrassment of riches when you look at what Michigan's wide receiver group is. And I know that when I say that, it sounds like a humble brag, but it's not. Because I have seen when Michigan had essentially five running backs, that it was like, oh, any of these five could end up being that starting running back. It it was like it handicapped the coaching staff. And they essentially were incapable of running the ball because no one could get in rhythm. It it just all went awry. I think that if Michigan ends up not, uh, not being very good, or at least falling short of expectations, it's probably because they're incapable of throwing the ball because they have too many guys vying for it, not no one
2: able to kind of get settled in, not having one guy break out. Iowa, Wisconsin, and Minnesota are all looking to be sleepers in the Big Ten. We talk about their chances to bring home a championship next on the Ultimate College Football Preview 2022, presented by Odyssey, and the Locked On Podcast Network. Don't sleep on. The Wisconsin Badgers would love nothing more than to jump around their way to a Big Ten title. And while the Buckeyes, Wolverines, and Spartans may be the favorites, The Badgers and the other Big Ten sleepers don't want to be forgotten. Joining us now, Trent Condon, host of Locked On Hawkeyes, Ryan Herrings, host of Locked On Badgers, and Kane Robb, host of Locked On Golden Gophers. Trent, let's start with the Hawkeyes. If Iowa were to go on a run and win the Big Ten this season, what happens? What do they have to do right?
6: It's pretty easy for the Hawkeyes this year. It has to have some semblance of offense. Remember a year ago, this Iowa team won the West. They won it with one of the worst offenses in college football. They did it with a quarterback that didn't look like he had a clue. He gets injured, his backup maybe even looked worse than him. Those guys come back, and now Brian Ferentz, the coach's kid, not only offensive coordinator, now he's the quarterback's coach. Back against the wall. Can Brian Ferentz get this thing figured out? The defense is going to be there for the Hawkeyes. There's no doubt. If they can just become competent offensively, I think Iowa can run away with the West and give themselves a shot against the Buckeyes in the East.
2: Kane Robb, host of Locked On Golden Gophers. Other than Ro, Ro Rowan, what else, do, uh, what else does Minnesota need to do this year?
7: This year, Minnesota needs to have more balance in the attack on offense. We saw a lot of ground and pound this past season. And in 2020, we have Mo Ibrahim coming back and Trey Potts coming back as well. So the ground game will be there, but we need to find the magic that we had in 2019, where we had two 1,000 yard receivers. Now, am I expecting that right away in 2022? No, but to have more balance and having offensive coordinator Kirk Sharaka back, you pair a balanced offense with that defense that was in the top 10, but people seem to forget. And I think we'll be right back on track.
2: Ryan Herring's host of Locked on Badgers. Same question to you about Wisconsin. If they win the big 10 this year, what goes right?
0: Yeah, the Wisconsin Badgers can absolutely win the West and get a shot at Ohio State. And it comes down to the defense. Outside of of Ohio State's receivers, there has been no more stable unit in the Big Ten, I would argue, in the last seven years than Wisconsin's defense. Jim Leonard, those linebackers, that defensive line, it's a veteran unit. They added three big-time transfers in the secondary. The defense is as rock-solid as it gets in the Big Ten. And with Braylon Allen, the 18-year-old wonder kid running the ball, you control the clock, you keep that defense fresh. And they brought in Bobby Ingram as the offensive coordinator from the Baltimore Ravens coaching tree. That's going to be revitalized on that offensive side to go with that defense. That's how the Badgers win the West and get that shot at Ohio State and in Indy.
2: So, guys, there, you're looking at the big picture of the Big Ten from a quarterback standpoint. After C.J. Stroud, there's a pretty big drop off as far as elite quarterbacks in the Big Ten. Trent, when you talk about the Hawkeyes offense, and I know you mentioned some uh, some poor quarterback play there, is there any chance somebody on this roster does take a step forward?
6: I'm I'm at the point now where I say no. And that's the unfortunate part from a Hawkeye perspective. And it was one of the most baffling things going back to the offseason is not tapping into the transfer portal. We've seen Spencer Petras now for the last two years. He's frankly just not good enough. His backup, Alex Padilla, he can move around a little bit. He can run, but he's also five foot eleven, and he has balls dropped and knocked down. We saw that a bunch in the Minnesota game. They just aren't good enough at that spot. They have two freshmen on the roster right now. Neither of those guys are ready in a program like Iowa that won 10 games last year. It's coaching malfeasance to not at least look at the transfer portal. They didn't do it. And there's no hope. I guess the good news is, you know, we saw Tanner Morgan the last two years. He wasn't very good. We've seen Graham Mertz. He wasn't very good either. The good news is that they're in the right division
2: for bad quarterback play. (laughs) Right. Kane, Ryan, I mean, what do you guys think? Uh, Is there going to be somebody in the Big Ten from a quarterback standpoint to take a step
7: forward? Honestly, I hope that Tanner Morgan sees flashes of 2019. I saw the shot there, and I will like to put a little bit of respect on his name. That being said, I think the quarterback that stands out the most to me in the Big Ten outside of Stroud is actually Aiden O'Connell at Purdue. Looking at his numbers, even in PFF, he had more big-time throws than C.J. Stroud himself. He had 30 last year as opposed to C.J. Stroud's 22, and he also barely had less turnover turnover-worthy plays. So I think Aiden O'Connell is the quarterback that can put his name in the conversation in the Big Ten behind C.J. Stroud. Ryan, what do you think?
0: Yeah, this is going to break the internet, but I'm going to agree with the Gophers. Uh, oh, Aiden, Aiden O'Connell, you know, you're talking about a guy, he he is nationally disrespected, 3,700 yards last year. The dude had a 530-yard game against Michigan State. I mean, Michigan State's defense was terrible, but 530 yards is 530 yards. He is really, really good. So yeah, I agree completely with Kane on that. Aiden O'Connell's a dude, and he doesn't get respected nearly enough in the conference, but especially outside of the conference, he's a real quarterback. As for the Badgers, sure, Graham Mertz has been um, an unmitigated disaster, and there's nobody on the depth chart pushing him. Um, I agree with Trent. Wisconsin also should have gone into the transfer portal. The fact that they didn't is really, quite frankly, shocking, depressing. So. It's all on Graham Mertz this year. And if he doesn't take a step up, which he hasn't shown the ability to, Wisconsin's offense is going to stay stuck in the mud.
2: Ryan, staying with you, when you look at Wisconsin's schedule this year, give me two or three games you've got circled going into it.
0: Yeah, so there's a couple – Wisconsin does have the luxury of starting off with a couple cupcakes, but then they got Ohio State week four in Columbus under the lights. That's almost an auto loss. It just is what it is. Um, Huge game against Minnesota to wrap up the season. That one's in Madison, a bit of a revenge tour. Minnesota has the axe, so that's another big one. And then Iowa game is always enormous, but I'm actually going to go to Michigan State. Wisconsin has to go to East Lansing this year. It's a tough road slate. We don't really know what the Spartans are, right? They were great last year, but there's been a lot of turnover on that roster. But road games are tough. East Lansing's tough. I think Mel Tucker's building culture there. So I would say for Wisconsin, it's Ohio State, Michigan State, and then the home game against Minnesota.
2: Kane, that uh, that game between Minnesota and Wisconsin in Madison, who wins that one?
7: You know, we're looking, in Minnesota, we're looking to defend that axe. And we've had some good results in Madison those last couple times. And, you know, overall, I think it's going to be a crapshoot, and it could be for the division. Very mm-hmm. well could be, but I love hearing Ryan say who has the ax right now. So if you want to put that on repeat for me a couple of times too, that Minnesota currently has the ax and I think we defend it. Who's Who's got the
6: pig though? Who's got Floyd Rosedale?
7: <laughs> that's 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 true, but you know what? Times are changing.
6: Oh, they're changing. Well, Phil Fleck, he's been there now for half a decade. and He still has never seen that pig before. I was left a couple of timeouts out there and, you know, Kirk Ferentz, who is one of the most stoic guys in the country, one coach that he doesn't like is P.J. Mm. Fleck. I think that says a lot for all of us about what people think about P.J. Yeah,
2: yeah that's a, That's an interesting point and, and fair enough. Trent, talking about the, the schedule for the Iowa Hawkeyes, give me two or three games you've got circled going into this one. Well, early on, they do take
6: on Michigan. That'll be their second Big Ten game of the year. They get the Wolverines coming in to Kinnick Stadium. The last time Michigan came in as a highly regarded team, they're ranked second in the country. Iowa walked it off with a walk-off victory. We know what happened a year ago in the Big Ten Championship. Iowa marches down the field, goes with the halfback pass to the fullback, incomplete missed field goal, and the onslaught was on from there. Iowa looking for revenge, and in those spots, Iowa's been so good at Kinnick Stadium. Like Wisconsin, they got to go to Columbus. You just mark that as an L. That's unfortunately the way it is. And really, outside of the two years Northwestern has got to the championship game from the West, it has come down to Who wins between Iowa-Wisconsin to get to that title game? Iowa-Wisconsin towards the end of the season on the 12th of November very likely is going to decide who gets to
2: Indianapolis. Kane, same question to you about your Golden Gophers. Give me two or three games that stand out.
7: Yeah, I think the three games that really stand out for us are the first game in the Big Ten play with Michigan State. Huge game on the road. So Minnesota needs to really set the tone and prove that they're here to play this season. And then I think you look at the white out game for versus Penn state, again, another difficult game on the road. And then it comes down to a toss up between the game at home with Iowa. You know, Iowa is coming off of two big games heading into Minnesota. And so I think this is the year that PJ will finally bring the pig back to where it belongs. But I do circle that Wisconsin game as one of the biggest games, defending the ax, hoping to keep the hoping to win a division West title. And Those four games are the big keys when it comes to Minnesota this season.
2: Yeah, yeah. Winning it back in Madison, that's going to be tough for sure. Ryan Herring's host of Locked On Badgers. When you look at some of the favorites in the Big Ten, Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State seem to be the top three uh, pretty much everywhere you look. Which of those teams do you think is the most vulnerable this season?
0: I actually think it's Michigan, you know, Michigan losing both coordinators. That's a ton of turnover in a coaching room, uh, you know, and they're really good, but they lost a generational defensive end to the NFL draft, lose a lot of coaching continuity. And at, from a quarterback standpoint, they're going to have to be really smart how they manage the two quarterbacks they have because, the, the, you know, McCarthy is is the better one, but he's younger. He's not going to play as much. And what's going to happen if there's a struggles early, right? It's, it's going to be an interesting locker room um, dynamic for Harbaugh to manage there with the quarterbacks.
2: Kane, Trent, what do you guys think? Are y'all both saying Michigan, or do you possibly see Michigan
7: State being the answer to this? I think I would lean towards Michigan State being the one that is more vulnerable of the three. I think that overall, you know, we've seen one rock-solid season from them coming off of a lot of transfers, and they leaned into that transfer portal again this year. You can't guarantee that it's always going to work out that way on top of losing an all-nation running back. Mm -hmm. So I think that there are some things that could – have them step back a peg or two. Now I'm not saying they're not going to compete, but I think it'll it won't be a cakewalk that a lot of people seem to make it look like.
6: I, I'm with Michigan State. Yeah. Michigan State, I, I think, is set up for failure this year. This is one of my biggest locks on unders of the over-under college football season. I think they take a big step back. Now, I'm also a Bears fan, and I saw Mill Tucker as a defensive coordinator for the Bears, and maybe that taints my view of him a little bit, but they won all the close games a year ago. They go 11-2. and They did it with the transfer portal. Can you do that two years in a row? I'm not so sure. I'm down on Sparty this year, coupled with their schedule. I think they're more likely 7-5 and as opposed to getting back to double-digit wins. Can I really quickly
0: here. point out Oh sorry, I just wanted to really quickly cuz everything they're saying is correct on Michigan State. I'm not super bullish on them either. But let's remember Harbaugh's really just had one really good year as well. Like we're 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 talking about regression for Michigan State to the mean, but if you look over the totality of Harbaugh's career at Michigan, last year was a blip. You know, so I think they both pro- I think both programs have to prove that they can do it again.
2: Uh, I think that's a great point. Ryan Herring's host of Locked On Badgers, if things go poorly for Wisconsin this year, what happens?
0: Probably not much. I mean, t- to be com- to be completely frank, Paul or uh, Paul Christ is not on ever going to be on any type of hot seat. Barring, uh, I
2: apologize. Let me restate this question then. Fill in the blank for me. Mm-hmm. If Wisconsin underachieves this season, it's because of blank.
0: Graham Mertz. Yeah, it's, it's, I hate to be simplistic, but uh, they're they're really solid everywhere except for at quarterback. You know, so if it really does come down to that for the Badgers, like a lot of Big Ten teams. Um, mm-hmm. And there is a new offensive coordinator, like I mentioned, Bobby Ingram coming in. So there is hope that he's bringing a little bit of a, a more nuanced passing game to the attack in Madison. But until we see a lot of Badger fans are at the point with Graham it's of uh, we're kind of done talking about it. We, we need to see it.
2: Right. Trent Condon, host of Locked on Hawkeyes. Same question to you. If Iowa underachieves this year, it's due to what happening.
6: Well, it's the offense once again. And here's the scary thing, I think, from a Hawkeye perspective. Most everybody loves Kirk Ferentz. What he's done now the last quarter century, what he's continued from Hayden Fry, this program, the stability that they've had, the top 10 seasons, everything. But with this son as the offensive coordinator, they've been bad for five years. And if it continues on that path, what we talked about earlier, the Hawkeyes not going to the transfer portal and looking at a new quarterback, it's going to get ugly. Is Kirk Ferentz going to fire his son? Of course not. And if it continues to be really bad this year, it's going to be very ugly in Iowa City. If they go 6-6 and
2: and the offense is ranked in the hundreds again, look out. It's going to be bad. Kane, Rob, last question of this segment, talking about the Golden Gophers. Biggest concern going into the
7: season? The biggest concern for the Gophers going into this season is players stepping up in the trenches. We're losing four offensive line starters. We're losing two defensive linemen to the NFL draft and have been drafted. So players have to step up. We did dive into the transfer portal. We do have young guys that are showing brilliant flashes in fall camp that I'm super excited to see when it's live on Saturdays. But if those players don't step up, that's where it's going to go wrong.
2: Up next, should you be going all in on the Buckeyes or could one of these teams upset in the Big Ten? We've got your best conference bets on the way with Lee Sterling of Locked On Bets as we continue the Ultimate College Football Preview 2022 presented by Odyssey and the Locked On Podcast Network. Setting the edge with Lee Sterling of Locked On Bets. You can find all the betting advice you need every Monday through Friday with Locked On Bets. The podcast is hosted by your boy Q, and betting expert Lee Sterling. We're talking Big 10, Lee. And look, the whole college football world is interested in what the Ohio State Buckeyes can do this 2022 season. 10 and a half wins. That's a lot of wins. What do you think about that number, Lee?
1: Well, they have one of the top two quarterbacks in the country, CJ Stroud, Trevion Henderson, probably a top five running back and maybe the best wide receiver in the country in Jackson Smith-Nobotu. So they're going to score points. Um, I really like the fact that they brought in Jim Knowles from Oklahoma State. Very respected defensive coordinator. He does a lot more with less over the years. Now he's going to have more talent, and um, I, I don't know who's going to challenge him. I mean, that's the problem here. They just keep recruiting and put together athletes. And unless it's like a rainy day, we're talking about a monsoon played in the mud. You're at a big disadvantage with them when you're playing all their athletes. So um, they're putting it all together here. I think they're the class of the big 10. I even like them at over 10 and a half wins. Yeah. Yeah. And
2: Ohio state by far the favorites According to our friends at Bet Online, minus 210 odds to win the Big Ten right behind them. Not right behind them, but the second team is Michigan at plus 550, a sizable drop. And Michigan listed at nine and a half wins. Lee, how do you feel about the Wolverines?
1: So, one thing I like a lot on their offense this year is Ronnie Bell. He returns, he was hurt, I think, like in the first or second series last year. And he's their home run hitter, by far the best receiver. What they were able to do without him last year is just incredible, but the problem is they lost Josh Gaddis, and I thought he was the best offensive coordinator in football. Go back and watch his game plan against Ohio State. Ohio State was using a running back, a fullback, as a linebacker last four or five games of the season. There was one point he ran like six or seven runs right at the guy. Felt sorry for him, but that's what a good coordinator does. He exploits the weaknesses. And then on top of that, after that game, he had a great game plan against Iowa. They destroyed Iowa. So mm. that's a big loss. And now they're going to play at Iowa this year, at Ohio State, nine and a half. I think it's too high. I think they went eight, nine games. They fall back. The almost dream season of last year is going to be a distant memory.
2: Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. All right. Uh, On the other side of the Big Ten, Wisconsin is next as far as the odds to win the conference at plus 850. Do we
1: like the Badgers over or under eight and a half wins, Lee? Well, most people have them winning that side of the Big Ten. I don't. Graham Mertz, this is the conference of mediocre quarterbacks. I mean, they are just so average. You're not going to see Graham Mertz playing in the NFL if he is. He'll battle for like a third-string position on a team. Got it. Awful wide receivers. They were horrible last year. No separation, not any better this year. They threw for 160 yards a game and only completed 59% of their passes last year. That's not going to win you anything, in my opinion. I love Jim Leinart as defensive coordinator, one of the top five defensive coordinators, in my opinion, college football, but only three Guys return here. I, I don't like them at all. Eight and a half, I'm going under, believe it or not.
2: Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Let's look at the Nittany Lions. The Penn State Nittany Lions listed at eight and a half wins. Lee Sterling, their odds to win the Big Ten per bet online plus 1,800. Not very good. What do you think about that number at
1: eight and a half? Another pedestrian, mediocre quarterback, whatever you want to call him, Sean Clifford. But he's this been there doesn't... 20 years, Lee. It seems oh, like. I get it. Yeah, there's (laughs) – but it's like Bo Nix was at Auburn for like 15, right? Um, Guys just feel like that. He's like Cade McNamara for Michigan. You know, they make the easy, simple throws, but when it counts, they usually can't do it. Um, They only ran – you think of Penn State as a running team. Only Mm -hmm. ran for 3.2 yards per carry. That's not good enough. I do like their incoming true freshman running back, Nicholas Singleton. I think he's the real deal. If he's the real deal, they've got a chance, but only four return on defense. Their new defensive coordinator is Manny Diaz. He's not any good. Miami got rid of him. I mean, people say, oh, he had a couple good games at Miami when he was the defensive coordinator with Mark Rick. You know, they beat Notre Dame. It's not like he stopped good offenses. He just happened to play at home and – they had a great game. The team did. Everything went right. Manny Diaz, laugh out loud. Um, I, I don't like Penn State. I'm going to go under eight and a half wins. All right. All right.
2: As the Auburn guy in the room that, you know, if they come to Auburn week three. I, I hope that's part of why they, uh, why they potentially hit the under there. All right. Nebraska is their odds are plus 1600. Lee, that seems higher than what I would have guessed. Um they're over under seven and a half for total wins. What am I missing about this Nebraska team?
1: I think they can win seven games. I do like the move. They finally hired a special teams coach. How do you how do you go, you know, your entire tenure? I don't know, Frost's been there three, four years without a special teams coach. I I I don't get it. Um, I like the upgrade. Casey Thompson, a quarterback, but they only had three wins last year. They'll win six or seven this year, but I don't see them winning eight. But um Seven wins, you know, Mike might be able to keep uh, his job for him.
2: Okay. Also, at seven and a half wins,
1: Iowa. What do we think about uh, Iowa this year? I like Iowa a lot. Okay. So I grade out players and I grade out units, and Iowa has a lot of real good players on defense. In fact, I have them between five and ten as their defensive line. I have them between five and ten their linebacking core, their DBs. I have them like fifth or sixth and their special teams, top 10. You have four of your seven units. Now the offense is pedestrian with Spencer Petrus, but you got a really good defense and good special teams. You're going to win a lot of games. I hate watching Iowa football. It bores me. It bores me to absolute death, but it's a formula to win eight, nine and maybe 10 games and the schedule is pretty good the only tough road game is at ohio state i mean some people can't count minnesota but i don't count that as a tough road game ohio state they just don't match up with you know as far as speed right but um uh, i like over seven and a half i think they win eight nine maybe even 10 games
2: another team listed at seven and a half um michigan state
1: what do we think about the spartans pedestrian mediocre quarterback i mean payton's here lee sterling i'm seeing he's gonna have to elevate his game i think there's a possibility he could and i do like the acquisition the incoming transfer of jarek uh jarek broussard from colorado really good running back um there's a guy that you know averaged over 100 yards a game when he was there for a couple years so um the dbs are really weak get this they allowed 325-yard passing yards a game and almost 66% completion percentage. And that's from an 11-2 team. That's going to get you in a lot of trouble. I don't see that upgraded a whole lot. Now they have a tough schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to be hunted, not the hunter anymore. 7.5, it's a tough one. I, I have no real feel, but um, it's that low for a reason. And then
2: uh, our last team that we'll touch on,
1: Maryland. Listed at six wins. You like this one. I do. And the the reason is they've been assembling talent. They've been recruiting. I like the transfer Jacob Copeland uh, from Florida. I think he's a top-shelf receiver, makes big plays. I think of, oh, I'm just going to have to just cut down every big game. It seemed like he threw three or four interceptions. Yeah. If he can just play decent in those games, he's unlike these other guys. His play is either really good or really bad. Um, maybe he comes around the six total here. You know, they went seven and six last year. I think they win seven, maybe even eight games during the regular season. I like this Maryland team just because you keep stacking up talent. You're going to be able to match up against teams and, and win a good percentage of them. When you're
2: looking at the odds, Lee Sterling, which line do you like the most for a big 10 champion in 2022?
1: So I like Ohio State. Believe it or not, at minus two fifteen, they're just so much better. You think it's worth it? Yeah, they're so much more athletic. Just bet it and forget it, and uh, you'll cash on it. No one likes to tie up their money for four, four and a half months. But I think it's an easy winner. You want to go with a long shot? uh, I would say Iowa at twenty to one. Okay, Um, Iowa is is one of these teams that if they win that side, you know it might be they might be ten to fourteen point underdogs and. And then you, then you know, even at eight or ten to one, you got a shot there. So, uh, and who knows? Anything can happen. You know, you can have uh, maybe Stroud gets injured or someone really develops for Iowa. They do something different. Um, probably not, but long shot is probably the Iowa Hawkeyes. And then, as far as looking at win totals, which two or three are your favorite right now? Uh, well, I like I like Iowa a lot at seven and a half. I like them over. I like Maryland. Okay. Also over, and I would say Wisconsin, the under, under eight and a half. I think they're going to fall flat. Um, Just think this might be the year that they win seven games.
2: Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Ultimate College Football Preview 2022 presented by Odyssey and the Locked On Podcast Network. Coming up tomorrow, we're wrapping up this seven-episode special with a look at the national championship landscape. The Alabama Crimson Tide are the odds on favorites, but anything can happen in the gridiron, especially on Saturdays. We've got the national championship favorites, dark horses, and best bets with Lee Sterling all on the way tomorrow. Once again, I'm Zach Blackerby, and until next time, thank you to our friends at Odyssey and to you for listening or watching. Find the Ultimate Football Preview 2022 on the Odyssey app or your favorite podcast provider to make sure you don't miss an episode.